You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? Faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Blossom, yes, Blossom. That's the only sad thing. I want to know what happens next. Right then. Doctor, whoever I'm about to be. Tag. You're it. Hey there, Whovians. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. We've got a great one for you tonight. We are going back to the first Doctor era, and we are going to look at Planet of the Giants. This will be an interesting one. This is a new one for me. I've read the Target book, but I had never seen this one before. So it's going to be a ton of fun to talk all about it. And we have a guest with us who has not been on the show yet, but I'm very familiar with. Let's welcome West Hubbard to the show. West was my original podcast partner. Welcome, sir. Hey, everybody. So you can, everyone, you can blame him for me getting more further into podcasting <laughs> and for what we're doing here. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. You know, it's interesting. You and I ran into each other after many, many years when we were at Pensacon. And yep. it was, it felt, and it felt just like yesterday that we it had did. talked and everything, which was wonderful. And you were part of the staff at Pensacon and, you know, you guys put on a great show, you know, both Mary and I were there and we were really, yeah, really we loved it. We had a great yeah, time. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm just a small part of a huge group. So um, the, the organizers of that con, you know, they do it with love and, affection for all the guests and try to make everyone have the best time they possibly can and uh, with the limitations of pensacola uh, we don't have a huge like plate to hold the con like this. so we're kind of spread out throughout the downtown area as you found out while you were there um, oh yeah and we try to accommodate everybody as best we can but we've got some really good venues to see panels um and it also gets you out of the, the center for a little while and you can see some of pensacola no, exactly. And it was kind of neat how you guys were laid out and you had, you know, what do you had about six different locations, I think. Uh, it's 
one, two, yeah, like six. Yeah, um, and it was we, impressive. We incorporate some of the local theaters. Uh, this year we had a new a new place um, that was uh, it's a church, but they have this like huge gym <laughs> that was a perfect place for a, a, a panels. Um, I think you probably saw a couple of the bigger panels in that room. And then it had a, another side room that had, you know, a little bit less big panels. And of course, we have the the center downtown, which uh, also incorporates the Pensacola Little Theater. So there's a big stage there. Um, and then the Rex Theater is a, another church, but they they took a movie theater, converted it to a church. So you've got all the stadium seating and and sound systems and a stage and all that. So it's it's pretty good for that as well. And then our Museum mm-hmm. of Commerce, we added our gaming back to that tabletop gaming. So it was it's pretty popular. That's awesome. And it once you got the lay of the land when you know we figured out where we had to go and where we explored and everything, it was super easy to get around. And because Pensacola, especially the footprint you guys had, it's not that far from anything. That you guys had multiple shuttles going around, but you also if you were up to walking, it even wasn't that far. Yeah, it wasn't that far. Day. It was like fifteen minutes, ten minutes. Yeah. Right. And so it was pretty easy and, you know, bravo and, you know, thanks for having us. So it was a ton well, of fun. Yes, thank you so Definitely much. appreciate you coming. And it, it was kind of, it was nice because like we had known each other for years, but had never met. <laughs> no, it was so, the first time we actually met in person and we worked together yeah. for two years. So, right. <laughs> so. And so, and then it was, so it was just like, okay, 13 years later after working together, ta-da. Like, I recognized you right away, so it was like I know that man. So. <laughs> yeah, I was um, I was helping with the badge pickup, and I turned around, and there he was, just like right beside me. And I was like, <laughs> "Hey, I know you." <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, and I know you too. And so it's just like, and it felt like you know, just it was very comfortable. And and you're at the beach. You can't beat being at the beach. You no, know? that's a, that know? was one of the best parts about it. <laughs> You know, waking up every morning and hearing the ocean, it was just like, okay, I can get used to this. You know, <laughs> Dragon Con, sorry, you're not on the beach. You know, <laughs> so, but yeah, it's pretty darn awesome. So, you actually got to pick tonight's episode, and you yes. gave me a long list because we had recorded a lot of the stories you wanted. So, you came yes, up with the first chapter, though. I, I, it, suddenly hit me it's like i don't know how far into the first doctor you have gotten but with the blu-ray box set that just came out um i just thought this is one of my favorite hartnell episodes so why not talk about it um because it's it's use of props and storyline and and background scenes and it's just a to me it's a pretty interesting story and it's a nice cute little three-parter and it leads into the you know probably a lot of people's favorite episode of that season, which is uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth. Yes. And, um, and the first changeover of the TARDIS companion. So, uh, it's a nice little swan song story for Susan. <laughs> very much so. Very, very much so. So, yeah. And it was great. And, you know, it was fun to watch. And we're going to talk all about it in a few minutes. But of course, let's welcome our regular hosts for this. Let's, of course, welcome Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. And of course, Ms. Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It is fantastic to be here. So is this your first time actually seeing this these stories? Or have you seen these before? 
Uh, I've never seen this one before. No, I've never seen it. It's my first time. So, West, job well done. (laughs) (laughs) You've broadened our horizons. With with our day and age of, you know, instant gratification and stories that like boom, 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 move along. It's action, action, action and slick special effects. Sometimes it's a labor of love to watch the black and white Doctor Who's, especially the Hartnell era because they're just getting their footing. So it's actually, to me, kind of interesting to go back and just watch the character as the grandfather with the grandchild who did this before we know about Gallifrey and all the backstory that we have now and just see how they did it. And um, once you start watching it, you can start getting into the stories. I think the black and white kind of gives it a little zing. I don't know why. I just it, It's a soft spot for the black and white episodes, but it can be a chore to watch a bunch of them in a row. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, yeah. true. Yeah, I was it really glad that this was only three parts. Oh yeah, <laughs> very much so. You know, I don't know if I could I could have worked with them using the giant. Not props, that it was not that it was painful you know? to watch it, but that you know they obviously they had you know a lot of times when there are six, five, six parts, there's a lot of filler and it's extended out. I was glad to see that this was a short and compact story told in a in a short manner. And it, it was actually kind of interesting, you know, and, and the character development. See, that's the thing in the 60s. They really didn't have much special effects. So there's a lot of character development in the stories, which I think a lot of people just they want to get to the meat of the story. There's a lot of exposition. And sometimes it's fun to, to watch for William Hartnell to flub a line because <laughs> he will. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should do start doing that with the first Doctor stories. Drink if he flubs a line, you know. <laughs> you don't make it, it through, be interesting. Like, huh. It's Drink every time but, he calls him Chatterton instead of Chesterton. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's interesting, though, because, you know, we're going to get more into that in a few minutes. But let's talk about some. There is some Doctor Who news, actually, folks. I'm shocked. You know, it's always like <laughs> it does happen a lot of times, you know, it's a lot of times it's more of a uh, desert and we have no clue what's going on for such a long time. But we actually got Doomsday coming our way. And Ooh. it's a new Ooh. crossover, folks, between, and it's going to be very interesting to see what we get with Doomsday. Are you guys, you know, impressed with what's going to happen or? I'm not impressed with you... the trailer. Well, I, I, I love the idea of the crossover. I love, you know, doing the novels and the comics and the webisodes and all of that. That's, that's fantastic. But the trailer mm-hmm. is bad <laughs> so and i hate to say that because i really want to be positive about <laughs> doctor who i am tired of being negative i i want that era to be over <laughs> i just want to sit back right. and enjoy it and uh, you you didn't, really didn't have to do much to impress me but it was it was just bad it just well, seems it's, it's, so amateurish it didn't seem very professional it's At i've all. seen more professional stuff for Doctor Who on YouTube. Yes, it, you know. it looked like a badly made fan film. <laughs> I uh, I admit that the trailer was rough um, and probably not the best way to introduce us to this concept. I still have, have hope for it, though. Um, reason being is because uh, Suze Kepner is pretty fun. Uh, she's a pretty fun uh, character that most people... 
uh, no from Britain, but has not broken through in the United States yet. Um, very similar to like when Russell T introduced Catherine Tate to people and everybody hated her at first. Then we all love her now. Um, and, you know, when Moffat introduced uh, Matt Lucas to everybody, everybody was like, oh, my God, we hate this guy. And now everybody loves Nardole. Like, I, I have hope that the same thing could happen with Doom um, because Russell T is behind it. So I, I'm I'm hopeful. But, yes, it was off to a rough start. Yeah, I mean, oh, very much so. I mean, I wouldn't say it's irredeemable. I mean, it's just a trailer. Oh, no, no, no. None of us are saying that. I just thought it was not a good start and an intro. And it it looks like they took five minutes to shoot it. I I felt bad for her because I I don't have a problem with her. She, the the actress was fine. It was just the costume they came up with her, but it just was like the quality. Yeah, the quality was bad, and I think they probably told her to be over the top, uh, and it didn't work. And uh, even the camera angles were bad. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, it was interesting because this is a you know production from Doctor Who magazine, and it has Titan. Doctor Who magazine, of course, is included in it. But Titan Comics is doing stories on this. Penguin Random House is doing books on it. Eastside Games, Big Finish, and BBC Audio are telling a different section of Doomsday's story. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they come up with. Yeah, the press release didn't announce who's like what the talent, the writers are. But um, I did get, uh, I did see something, I think... I could be wrong about this, so forgive me. I don't want to throw this out there of misinformation, but I do think it. I'll just say that I think that there's some recognizable writers, Doctor Who writers, really good Doctor Who writers that are participating in this and well as well, which is another reason why I don't know who's doing what, but um, I, I that's another reason why I do have some some hope for this as well. Um, the last time they did uh, a crossover. Uh, I don't think I've ever, I ever saw it. Like it was, wasn't it the audio and comics and books that did something? Uh, I can't even remember what it was, but it was like a year or so ago. Uh, Time Lord Victorious. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't uh, know. And it was... Yeah. I don't know how well that did. Um, Cause I didn't really follow it, but uh, you know, hopefully they learned from that if there were mistakes made and uh, they're going to correct that this time. I am. Um listen to the big finish they did um you know it was david Tennant, so you know you could almost stick david Tennant in a room with nobody else and just sure. himself and tell a story and people will buy it but it it had books and it incorporated the eighth doctor a little bit which another thing is you could put paul mcgann in a room by himself and people will buy it um it was all right but i guess it's one of those if you didn't do the whole thing you lose some of it and so that's some of the problem with these crossovers Partly it's because they want to make money. So they're selling all this different stuff that everyone has to buy. But it also gives you an opportunity to read the comics if you've never done that before. And maybe you'll buy different ones or read the books or listen to the Big Finish audios, which are usually pretty good. Even the bad Big Finish is still fun to listen to to me. Um, I, I got the feeling watching that trailer that you know, is this possibly a holdover from the previous thing that they'd already contracted and doing, and they're just kind of getting it out there? You know, they're not quite finished with it, or maybe they needed some news because you know Russell T likes to throw 
you know, just little nuggets at you all the time. And, you know, we got a long wait before new Doctor Who. So they're trying to kind of fill the void a little bit mm-hmm. and put his stamp on it. You know, he wants to create a big multiverse. So this is probably a character they can use if it's popular to kind of string them all together, maybe. Yeah, that's why um, I'm I'm pretty hopeful because, you know, A, the showrunner's behind it. And right. and be at least on board with it. I don't know if it was originally, like you said, I don't know if it was originally his idea, but he's on board with it. And it's so important to him to create this this universe, this Hooverse, that that I you know, I think this is gonna be he's gonna treat this a little bit more importantly than just some side project. Because, you know, you don't right. want your first step to be a bad one, right? So um so I do think that um I like I said, I have hope for it. Granted, the trailer was not that appealing, but then again, like I said, the first time I saw Catherine Tate, I wasn't won over by that introduction, <laughs> and I know you guys weren't worn over by Matt Lucas when he was introduced either, uh, although I still had hope for Nardole as well. So I'm like it like that. I'm having, I'm, I, I have hope for this one, but, I, you know, it's tentative. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. when we first saw Matt Lucas, we thought he was killed off. You know that his you know head yeah. was cut off, and yeah, well, he, you know that we didn't think he was coming part. back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that he was just like stunt casting or something. Also, I mean, yes, I mean, I definitely have hope for it. Don't don't get me wrong, but I also think, I mean, it's got twenty four parts. That's a lot of parts. That's asking a lot of people to follow. Um, I'm not sure that wasn't a little ambitious. Uh, I think there's very few people who are going to look at every single part. And I'm hoping that it will be constructed in a way that it will still hold together if you don't see every single piece. Um, so we'll see. But, uh, you know, good good for them for, for putting out content. And, uh, yeah, I'm still hopeful. I just, I wish they had done a better job on the trailer because that sets the tone. And, uh, exactly. you know, it, it's, it's hard to come back when, when you have a stumble, uh, right at the beginning, but I mean, that doesn't mean you can't, you know, one, one really good story will bring it back. So, so we'll see. Well, especially because qu- quite a few people, you know, they take that as their first impression. And if it doesn't catch them, they're not going to come. Right. You've just it. lost yeah. them. Yeah. Exactly. Well, if it didn't have this Dr. Who logo on it, I'd say, yeah, that you lost them for good, but most people will be like, okay, well, it's still Doctor Who. There's no new Who, so let's watch this or read this or whatever. Right. So, um, you know, so I do think that's going to help. Uh, rather, if this was a completely new property from uh, creative people that we didn't know, I'd be like, yep, I'm just going to pass on this. Hard pass. <laughs> I'm right. not here. <laughs> we'll skip. <laughs> but the names involved, I'm kind of like, I, I, I can't see this being a complete disaster. You know, and even if it is, it might be fun to see what they can do and what they can't do in, in, in something like this. I mean, it's ambitious. I, I always applaud ambition. Well, I mean, it's hard. Like I said, it's 24 parts. You know, there's got to be at least one good one in there. You should hope. You would hope. You would hope. And probably more than, than, than one good one. So well, my question is, are they focusing on this doomsday character because she's going to be showing up in either the 60th anniversary or during she got was first season because it seems to me like this character and the storyline that they're proposing for it could lead into what's going on with David Tennant's character you know who knows but um you know Russell T 
Steve Davis has a grand plan and we'll know what it is soon enough. So mm-hmm. very awesome. That is very, very awesome. It's interesting too, because you know, depending on how long it takes, you know, this could lead right into the 60th anniversary specials. So, you know, it could be very interesting to see where they go with it and everything. So cool. Something to look forward to. The other big news, of course, is it's been confirmed that we are getting a Doctor Who spinoff starring Unit. That's right. Yes. Gemma Redfrew. It's only 40 years too late. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it would have been awesome to have the Brigadier. It would have been. Yeah. You know. The Gemma Redfrew is awesome, too. She is fantastic. She has been, she has been a a breath of fresh air in a lot of ways with how they've revitalized unit. And because from like the Sylvester McCoy era on until they brought in the Brigadier or Jenna Redgrave's character, um, it was very interesting because, you know, they never knew what to do with unit. It always seemed, you know, they brought in different you know, commanders, they brought in different people and, you know, at first they were adversarial to the doctor. Oh, you're, you know, the doctor. Okay. You know, that type of thing. And it was just always interesting to see what they, what they would do with it. And I, I feel very confident about this spinoff at least. And they're saying none of these spinoffs that they're going to be making are going to be children's shows, you know, no. like how Sarah Jane was. Hmm. So. Um, I think, you know, he's uh, the producers have stated that they want to expand Doctor Who into a, you know, like almost a Marvel Cinematic Universe type deal, which Doctor Who of all the shows kind of is set up for that with all the stuff that's going on. It's a time travel show. So you can have, you know, characters from way past show up you know and doesn't have to have the doctor in it because they're such beloved characters you know like i if they did a tegan and ace show i would definitely watch it you know (laughs) right Um, to me when i saw that trailer for power of the doctor in in it that was the main reason i wanted to watch it at that point and turned out it was really good all around but um you know going with some of the legacy characters probably a smart move at this point We've got to the point now where enough people have got hooked on New Who that didn't know about Classic Who, and they're now watching Classic Who, and these Blu-ray sets are helping with that, too, because now they can watch them almost pristine. And I'm finding that, you know, I'm talking to people in their early 20s and their teens that are watching Classic Who now, which, you know, nerdy me from... 1980 something never thought it would be a mainstream thing where you know i'm not getting made fun of for liking it now um so i'm excited to see what they got coming down i'm just afraid it'll be a little big finishy where they have spinoff series of like little secondary characters like big finish does kind of mine those secondary characters pretty well but i I feel like sometimes there's a glut (laughs) of just side projects you know and they're not doing as much with the doctors as much anymore but i'm excited about unit uh, because that's the one show where they can do almost anything much like the parent show so um Mm. i i'm excited to see it yeah unit unit's pretty wide open i mean 
you could you could go almost any direction with that. So yeah, I'm really I'm actually really looking forward to that one and seeing what they do with it. It would be very interesting to see, and you know, as more news comes out, casting, and they better have Osgood. That's all I need to say. They better <laughs> have Osgood. Yeah, that's a double act right basis. there. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course we'd like to see, you know, Tegan and Ace back. Also, that would, would be, be awesome. awesome. Yeah. Hell, it would be great to see other companions too. You know, you know, chance to see Graham again. You never yeah, know. Yeah. Martha, <laughs> you know, Martha be great. Oh, oh, don't get my great. hopes up. Yeah. Don't get my hopes up, Mike, like that. Come on. They, they should do a series on the companion support group <laughs> <laughs> and their little adventures. That, that would be funny. Don't don't tell me they haven't thought of that. <laughs> oh, I I'm sure they have. So yeah, there's a lot of possibilities, and we've talked about it. We talked about it when we were down in Pensacola, actually. <laughs> quite a bit at the panel so it's very interesting to see so yeah we'll just have to wait and see where we go with it and how it comes about so look you know fill in this space more more news to come <laughs> as we like this something to look forward to you know we got other you know not anything really big doctor who news wise um anything you guys have that you we want to bring up or anything real quick um i know they released as of the day of this recording they released uh, season two of the Blu-rays of the first Doctor, so you can actually now get that off of Amazon. And thank you, Amazon driver, who got lost coming to my house. So it's going to be now delivered tomorrow. <laughs> that is unfair. Uh, oh, I know. No. Oh, I know. I yelled at the sky and did almost did like a come on, you know, type thing. So I, so, I just that's wish a, they a would different podcast. I wish Amazon would uh, put a release date for the the Pertway Pertway season. Well, season nine over there, but it's what season three. <laughs> um, because it's probably going to be August or September before that hits us. Yeah, but the oh the trailer they made for that looks oh, it was so awesome. good. <laughs> Oh, it felt like I was watching the doctor as James Bond. It was just, you know, <laughs> right. and, well, I'm looking forward to was... seeing the sea devils because that's my favorite Pertwee episode. It's the sea devils. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Um, it's fun stuff that we got coming with us. And so, you, you know, I know we got the Pertwee ser series three coming, have they announced what's after that yet? Or... Not yet. Okay. So there's a lot of be... conjecture. <laughs> um, the prevailing thought amongst nerds on the internet is that it's going to be season 20 because it's the 60th anniversary year. Um, and they're probably not going to release another first doctor set right away. The other one would have been the first season. You know, that'd be a great one to drop. I'm thinking that's going to be the last thing they put out is season one. But possibly season 20 seems to be a big one or season 25, which would be the last um, Sylvester McCoy season to come out. Right. That would be interesting to see what they would, what they would have coming out and everything with that. Cause there's still a lot of good stuff to come. There's a lot of Tom mm -hmm. Baker still they have to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Three seasons of his look. Mm -hmm. Got two exactly. Pertwee seasons. Two Davis, and they hadn't put a Davidson season out since his first one, so I'm imagining season twenty is probably going to be it. That's my, that's my theory. 
Mm-hmm. It would almost make sense to put out an anniversary season yeah. during the anniversary year. So mm-hmm. that'll be cool. That would be awesome. And I'll be there here. Take my money. Come on. Come on. Yep. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm pre-ordering the day it hits. You know, that, that's the way it's been since the first Tom Baker. It's a pre-order. All right. Now don't have to worry about it. So Amazon can't deliver it. <laughs> so it's pretty cool, though. It is. It's very interesting to see what we are going to get. And I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, as we're getting closer to, you know, having new Doctor Who, I think what we're now, what, eight months away? Mm-hmm. That's not bad. It's going to fly by just like that. And we'll go, <laughs> you remember back the, when? So. <laughs> remember, right. remember when we were whining about having no Doctor Who? Mm-hmm. We were lucky back then. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you the, not to sound like a, an old get off my lawn type person, but, you know, kids today don't realize what it was like between 1987 and 19 or 2005. Yeah. You know, we had the oh, one movie. Exactly. That was it. <laughs> well, exactly. We actually just, that's another thing that just came up. We just passed the 18th anniversary of New Who coming back. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Makes us all feel yeah. older. Yeah. Make us feel even older. Because it, it was, you know, we had um, basically, it was the date, I think, was March 26, 2005. Doctor Who mm-hmm. came back to the air. Not here in the United States, but in the UK. <laughs> right. Someone yeah. from England posted on Twitter something I thought was hilarious. It's like, only Doctor Who could have a birthday, an 18th birthday, and a 60th birthday in the same year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either that or he's just, you know, looking young for his age. There you go. <laughs> Depends on the so. incarnation. Well, exactly. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's fun stuff coming up, folks. And, you know, we definitely would love to hear from you guys. Tell us your thoughts. Feedback at our station who is the best way to get in touch with us, of course. Let's take a quick break and we will be back in a moment. And we are going to be talking all about the planet of giants. Woo-hoo. I should put an echo behind that. Uh, so, hmm. very cool. Check out the Modern Musicology podcast, where each week we talk about things like... What makes a great drummer? Our favorite rock documentaries. Songs we love by artists we don't love. Our favorite concert memories. Songs that should have been singles. And all of our favorite music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and now. Do not use Modern Musicology if you're allergic to it. Modern Musicology may produce itching, dizziness, vertigo, temporary blindness, or heart palpitations. Do not taunt Modern Musicology. Ask your doctor about switching to modern musicology. And now we're going back to the year 1964, and we are looking at Planet of the Giants. The first serial of the second season of Doctor Who. And this is actually, as Wes said earlier, this is Susan Swan song, basically. This is the last, second to last episode with the original crew. So it's very mm-hmm. interesting. And this is a very, very 
um, effect uh, focused episode because the TARDIS messes up again. (laughs) Shocker. So it's very interesting to see. And I think, you know, we've seen this done plenty of times, but it was very interesting because not only did they play with the effects, it actually had a really good story and a great storyline dealing with the environment and the troubles with the pesticides and everything. And Mm -hmm. it was really, really well done. What about you? What were you guys thoughts initially watching this? Let's start with Wes since it was his pick. Well, I remember watching it. I saw it for the first time, probably about 10 years ago. Um, And I just remember enjoying it, it being fun and seeing them dealing with the giant props, you know, they're cheesy, but it's 60s Doctor Who, so you're kind of used to it. But I think the acting is spot on. Uh, I think William Hartnell's at the top of his game because he's comfortable in the character at that point. Um, Ian and Barbara, to me, are some of the best companions he ever had. Um, if you really watch the first three seasons, when or the first two seasons when Ian and Barbara are on it, they're like, I don't know, it's a good team. And um, the doctor gets a, a bad rap of his doctor does, uh, Hartnell, of being a crotchety old man, and he's really not. I mean, if you watch the episode, he's very caring and supportive and, you know, he gets gruff from time to time, but then he apologizes because he's an old man and he's tired and all that stuff. And I just thought some of the storyline with, you know, the TARDIS at the beginning and things breaking on it and the doors popping open, you know, that was pretty interesting. And then they, you got the subplot with the guy who's doing the pesticide killing the guy that wants to stop the pesticide and then the little doctor guy that created the pesticide or I've got to finish this creation I've done. And so you got this B story going on while they're shrunk down and they're trying to stop them and no one even knows they're there. Um, And then of course that awesome cliffhanger with the cat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought they were definitely going to be cat food. I really thought it. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. It's very, very interesting that she, you know, we had that kind of storyline and it was, it was fun to see, you know, I figured, you know, they were on earth right away. And especially when knowing the TARDIS and everything, it wasn't just a race of giant people. Oh, look at those little people down there, you know. It's not Gulliver's Travels. It's more like exactly. It's more like fifties sci-fi. It's more like Land yes. of the Giants. Yeah, which, which is fun. Yes. It, actually, I mean, I I really enjoyed that aspect of it. It was fun watching them wandering around with the giant props and interacting with them, and uh, it, yeah, it really gave me a fifties movie feel, and not not in a bad way, you know, in kind of a fun nostalgic way. And there, I mean, I love when they're climbing down the chain. To get, right. to get into the sink. I mean, that, that was awesome. And it looks like a sink and it looks like a chain hanging out of a sink and yeah. it's big and giant. So like the, the BBC set decorators were like on fire during that episode. They were, they were having fun. You could tell that the props mm-hmm. people had just gone to town. Yeah. I really well, like, like I, the concept is so uh, cool. And in some ways it's a lot more inventive than anything we've seen in new who, because now, like with Doctor Who, it's not just time, it's not just space, but now they can like shrink or do out like weird things like that. Like that's 
that's really like breaking another wall down as far as the where this show can go and i don't like i said i don't think it's really explored it since then but it's so much fun um and you know i i you know, there's a couple of times where they took liberties, but I think overall, I do have to give them credit, too, because, you know, they, they say they're about an inch high. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of times where I was I was like, mm, is that really like. Does that really work with how tall they are and everything? And and for the most part, they were pretty much uh, not accurate completely, but but it was along like it wasn't too far off. Like it didn't like it wasn't like the the like the phone or something like that it seemed huge, like it like they weren't uh, it was like more they were less than an inch or more than an inch or whatever it seemed like whatever is around them was proportional to that's what I was looking for proportional to uh, what they should be you know. Uh, speaking of the phone, I think that's probably my favorite part of the whole thing, where the, you see the ingenuity of them getting all the stuff around them to lift up one end of the phone and the other end so they can make a call. Mm-hmm. And, and they're going to yell into the phone to call the police or whatever it is. Um, but they're, <laughs> they're putting, And the person on the other end. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love how the doctor's like, you know, to us, will sound like a, a squeaky whatever, like it's me, 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 me. And then they're all, when they hear him talking, it's whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, it's like, like Charlie Brown. And that explains <laughs> right. Charlie Brown so well now. You know? Right. Which but is pretty like, awesome. I, I just have I always felt like as a Hartnell episode, it was kind of lighthearted. Didn't take things way too seriously. Some of those episodes can get very serious. And then it has a great environmental message, like you said earlier. Um, you know, all these people that complain about stuff and who now is like, go watch the original series. Because just about <laughs> every episode is about something like the environment. The whole Pertwee era is is about pollution and, and stuff like that. So it, it was just interesting to see that kind of storyline popping up on a show like that. And it's it's because it's a science fiction kids show, they can get away with it, you know. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it's interesting too because they did get away with it. And mm-hmm. you know, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, going, "Now we know where Irwin Allen got his ideas <laughs> from." <laughs> Probably because that was before his stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But it's it's also nice to just see them all working together as a team. It, this is mm-hmm. a really good team building exercise. This whole episode, I mean, and you, they, they, I mean, because they're so small, it's like, like with with the phone scene, they all have to work together to make that work. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and, and it's or the yeah. or the seeds, how huge they were, and yes. you know, having right. to, and poor Barbara getting infected with yeah. the pesticide. But and you do right. really get the feeling that they all care about each other. Oh, very much so. Well. The yeah, doctor, they, maybe, they're like a not family. So much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but even the, the doctor. Well, yeah. Yeah, he cares what happens to him because he's like, we must get in there and get them, you know. Mm-hmm. And he climbs up that pipe to find them. And you could tell yeah. he was tired. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. not an easy but climb. It, no, it right. isn't, especially for someone who you know he had to be at least two hundred, but at this time, you know. <laughs> yeah, you would depending think so. which history you believe. I I do think so, that. uh you know, I don't know what the history is and when Caroline Ford decided that she wanted to leave or whatever, but they give her, they give Susan absolutely nothing to do in these three episodes. She's kind of just there, which is fine. Uh, she's not annoying, which sometimes she can be in these, but, uh, um, 
she yeah they did she does like the least amount of do to anybody than anybody in this and it's all right but uh i can see where i don't know if they already were at the point where like well let's just write her off um but uh uh it's unfortunate well they mm-hmm. were actually at that point cause that's why she left they didn't at, at the beginning of season one she has a lot to do because she's a time lord also um, there, there were some points in this episode where, you know, she's talking about scientific methods and things like that with Ian. Um, and but, yeah, most of the time she kudos to them. She's not running around screaming every five seconds like later. Right. Companions. Mm-hmm. I mean, she screamed when the cat jumped up there, but sure. it's because it's but a that, giant that cat. You know? exactly. I would scream, right. too. You know, yeah. hello. And, and, and that's what I love about Barbara, too, is that she's that, you know, there's some surprisingly for an early 1960s show there's some pretty strong female characters but that probably i feel like has a lot to do with verity lambert being the producer um she mm-hmm. changed television in england <clears throat> excuse me and at parts in the episode i felt like the hero was more in than the doctor you know uh, sometimes he can be like a second secondary character in his own show but that's because they're writing an ensemble you know, mm-hmm. the show at that point wasn't just Doctor Who like it is now because, um, you know, they weren't expecting it to go on for 60 years and have multiple actors playing the part. That's something they came out with out of necessity, you know. But I just think as a an acting troupe, those four actors re- worked really well together throughout the whole time they're together. Mm-hmm. Um, Susan's last episode is the very next episode. So she gets a lot to do in the Dalek Invasion of Earth. That's, you know, it's a shame they wrote some of her best stuff in her last episode, but that's also how it goes a lot with that show. Yeah. 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 Yep, I mean, the I get it. It's getting I, strong and, you know, it's going to be her last episode. We knew it. I get it. I mean, <laughs> I've seen, I, 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 oddly enough, it's, this is like, I realized this the other day, apart from Marco Polo, I've seen the whole first season now. And so I've seen all of them, like, I guess this was, this is the last available story for me that I hadn't seen with Susan. Um, And uh, I do like Barbara uh, and Ian as characters. Um, This, you know, Barbara, the only thing she has to do really is she gets sick um, and she keeps it from everybody. That's fine. That's, you know, um, uh, although, you know, it was kind of, I don't know. One of those things where you're like, just tell them. Like, like, why are you not? Why are you hiding this? And then, and don't well, touch any. Quit touching people. Like, well, the, the, she'd be touching people. Like, no, 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 don't. Like, and she'd like, and uh, I was like, don't touch anybody. But uh, well, the plot hole. The plot hole in this is that Ian watched her touch the things, gave her his yeah. his pocket square yeah. to wipe her hands off with and then suddenly forgets that she touched the pesticide. Yeah, that, that yeah. made no yeah. sense at all. Yeah. It was <laughs> like, oh, why is she getting sick all of a sudden? Like, and and like, I, really? You're and supposed I re- to be one of the smart ones here, dude. I really thought that there was a sequence where, and she's trying to keep it, Barbara's trying to keep it from everybody and there's a sequence where they're, uh, where uh, Ian and Susan are doing the phone thing and so we get a um, uh, a Barbara and Doctor mo- moment, and I really like those. By the way, uh, Aztec mm-hmm. they they have moments together that it just really work. Um, and the same here, they just have a certain chemistry. And I almost felt like, and maybe William Hartnell was playing it this way, even though the script didn't say so. But I almost felt like the Doctor knew that she was sick, and just mm-hmm. you know was like, I know you're sick, but 
I know you don't want to tell anybody. I'm not going to reveal it, but uh, we need to deal with you because you're sick. Um, and so, cause he was the one who said like, she needs to sit down or she needs to like, you know, whatever. And, uh, I just thought that was kind of cool because we're so used to now the doctor being the smartest one in the room. And at this point, you know, in, in his history, they don't know that, um, right. at least as right. much anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, but the seeds are still there. Um, so I didn't know if that was my, like, looking back on it and thinking that the doctor knew or if he's actually playing in that way. Cause he read the script. <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think with every actor, it's a choice. And I think that, you know, he played the doctor with a little whimsy, but he also respected his companions enough to let them tell him when they needed something. Cause he's not going to let it go, you know, so long he'll, he'll eventually say, Barbara, I know you're sick. But I, I got the same impression that, you know, he was just kind of humoring her uh, because, you know, he didn't want to worry everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. There's um, no point. There's no good that can come from, like, that news coming out right now because of what they had and, to do. Right. Right. Because they couldn't do anything anyway until they got back to the TARDIS. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was the one that was right. really pushing, like, let's go back. Let's go back. And I think Barbara was the one who was like, no, we have to stop this. Uh, I'm willing to sacrifice myself to stop this from to happening. To stop this, yeah. Yeah, and because he was concerned about her. I mean, I think, you know, that's the thing. When the doctor has, like, when you have a time machine, you think, well, we have time to change things. <laughs> we don't have to, we, we need to get you help first. I mean, we can come back and stop this or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not that important. But she's like, no, we need to, we need to stop this now. And I, it says a lot about her character. And I do, like I said, I do like Barbara and Ian. Um, so I'm glad that they, so they those actors chose to continue after you know right. Susan left. Now mm-hmm. I don't know if any of you know this, but the Planet of Giants is originally a four-part episode, and they condensed down part three and four into one episode because um, <clears throat> they needed an extra spot for a later episode. So um, I didn't feel like the thing was rushed at all, and it's another one of those mm-hmm. instances where you can take a lot of padding out and shrink down like Pertwee stories you probably could have done them in three or four parts instead of six and seven you know well, we've, we oh, yeah. say that all yeah, the time we say yeah that all the i mean i think harder. i think we yeah one of our biggest uh issues is that you know they they extend it too long and i think you know they should have <laughs> i wish they'd done that more often but um they could have got another story in a season <laughs> they had done right. that more often but right. uh, but the three episode is just is just perfect i think it works well together and i think that was a smart move on their part even if it wasn't originally their idea and i think right. it was very convenient you know with the practical effects they were doing and everything that all the insects and such were dead already so they didn't have to animate yes, them that made it a lot easier yeah, it just made it a, a lot, lot easier to make easier. it dead ant. I, I love it when they come out of the tardis and you know they go over to the wall and they're like this looks like rock but this down here looks very much like concrete you know they couldn't figure out what was going on of course read the title and then they split up and the doctor and her just kind of, of course, you know, the studio they were in was very tiny. <laughs> so they could barely fit a TARDIS door in the rock wall and all that stuff. So I love it when, when they're walking along and Susan looks over and there's just this giant dead earthworm hanging up against the wall. And they just both look at it like, ah, it's a dead earthworm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she didn't freak out. He didn't freak out. And he walks over and goes, no, I think it's dead. And he's like touching it. And, uh, it looked like a freaking earthworm, which was what I thought was cool. 
you know, it, it could have looked like a typical Doctor Who <laughs> backdrop with a, you know, some some slime or something just on a pole, but it, it looked like an earthworm, and the ants looked like ants. Mm-hmm. And, and I one, love that one, that one, one fly, fly that just, they encounter looks like a fly. And I thought they did a pretty good yeah, job it, with the seeds and making them look, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, they, they, I thought they did a really good job uh, with the proportions and getting those as about as accurate as you would expect at that time frame with that budget. Yep. No, I think they, I, I I love think they did getting, a really good job. I, I, I like Ian getting trapped in the matchbook. The matchbox, the matchbox. Yeah. and then he gets out and he's like all wobbling around and then they get <laughs> caught in the briefcase you know and it's just it's stuff they played with you know um and then when it shows like the full-size people it's like this little bitty tiny matchbox and everything feels normal and then it goes back to everything is big so i, I mm-hmm. thought the proportions were kind of the way they shot it were kind of neat it's interesting too i love how they sh- when they shot it that way and you know and then when Barbara and Ian got stuck in the briefcase and she sprained her ankle on a paper clip. Yes, yeah. that was great. But I love <laughs> that they was... show the consequences of that. That that right. yeah, if you were gonna be trapped in there and you're getting jostled around, well, you are very likely to, to get hurt or bruised. Mm-hmm. They were lucky enough I, to I get love that Ian's by like... a stapler or something. Well, when Ian's spending five minutes trying to figure out how to open the briefcase. So he's like pushing the different sides and it finally pops open. Um, and then he's like, let's just get a bunch of paper clips and string them together and make a rope. Yeah. <laughs> and I almost wanted brilliant. to see that. Yeah, yeah. me too. It would have been great. Well, I was thinking what I would do in that situation. What do you guys think of the the storyline with the murder of the professor and, you know, the trying of the, you know, covering up of it and everything? It's pretty basic. I mean, I don't know if it's really that doesn't need to be, you know, too, too detailed and deep. Um, And it's not. Uh, You have a bad guy, you know, you've got uh, other guys, one guy who's like teetering on bad or whatever, you know, and but I think the the point of it um, is more important than uh, than the actual like what's going on with the murder and all that kind of stuff. The environmental impact is is a lot more important. And uh that seems to be what they're reacting to more than oh my god he's gonna you know like kill another person. It's more like no no they're they're poisoning like everything's gonna die. Yeah, they're they killing the planet. Yeah, they're killing. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. So it doesn't really like on the on that side of the things we don't we never get the sense from the humans anyway uh, the normal sized humans that they're really worried about anybody's really worried about killing the planet. Um, so uh, it's okay. Um, it does it does a job it's interesting because the guy who was the the big bad in this the uh forester i was going through and racking my mind racking my mind where had i seen him before and then i realized he was rk maroon in who framed roger rabbit oh wow the owner, <laughs> oh wow the, owner of the oh, cartoon wow. studio <laughs> oh wow wow um I would not have picked that up until you said that. I did have a funny moment watching the first episode, though, when he's talking to the guy from the council that's going to, like, rat him out. Mm-hmm. That guy is one of those old guys that whistles when he says S's. So the whole conversation you hear <laughs> when he's talking. Go back and watch that. You can't not see it <laughs> or hear it. 
You will not um, ever forget it. That's awesome. No, but I, I think that storyline needed to be there to kind of take you away from the shrunken part of the story because otherwise they would have just it would have just been oh look it's another giant thing or oh look it's another giant thing. Mm-hmm. They the leaps of logic they have when they're like this guy murdered this guy just because they walked up on a body and they heard a big bang. Um, you know, it, it serves the plot, but I don't know if they would necessarily have really known what was going on had all that really happened, other than there's this giant dead body. I mean, they hadn't heard the shot, they would have just thought maybe somebody died, you know. Um, and because they can't hear them talk because it's like womp, 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 right. womp. So, and they can't right. see there's the some, whole body, they're only, they're only right. going to see a small part of it. Mm-hmm. So, there's some exactly. logic leaps that make the story go on, but that's you know, 60s television, you know. You kind of had to move it on, but I think a it was a little ahead of its time. Um, B it was well acted. C the story actually holds up today. Um, you don't see that a lot. Mm-mm. Yeah, some of the screens where you know they're standing in front of the dead body, and you could tell it's a really bad slide they were standing. In yeah, front of. I mean they're just standing in front of a screen, but yeah, it's okay. Exactly. You know because of the. Because of the black and white, it's better than that CSO they used during the 70s. Yeah. Where, you know, it was early oh, blue God screen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and you have the, actually, the outline yeah. around the, the actors and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. 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 Poor Tom Baker. Poor, he tried. <laughs> <laughs> he tried. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you do the best you can. Yeah. Oh, I know. Good old Conor Chroming. It was awesome. Yeah, I don't know if there's. I just look. I don't know if there's any color pictures of behind the scenes on this, but I can't even imagine what some of the props and everything that they worked with looked like in color. Mm-hmm. But they probably yeah. were sure years awesome. convincing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they even back then would paint it like they would if it was a color program and it's just in black and white, or that they shade it for black and white film. I don't. I don't know how they did that stuff back then. But I, I imagine you're right there. It, it's it's it probably looks like real crap in color. Right, it probably just looks like Pro- paper mache did. or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because I know like certain shows. Like I I wish we could. You know, you've seen uh, colorized versions of the photos from uh, Marco Polo and such because mm-hmm. the colors for those costumes were supposed to be amazing that they used. But you know, for this. Probably it looked like, oh, look, a paper mache match and a paper mache. You know, <laughs> yeah, so. right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, so I thought it was interesting the doctors running around the whole thing with a cape on. Like, I was, you know, I, I kept Edna Moles going, no capes. <laughs> 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 I just took you to Portway later. I'm like, is this what? Yeah. 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 It was a well, I choice. think that's the. You know, the, the, the classic black and white eras of Doctor Who, one story would lead directly into the next story, which led directly. So your cliffhanger at the end of, um, well, I guess the last episode would have been. Episode three. Oh, well, it was, was it the one where they, the, they're in France? Yeah, the Reign of Terror. The, it was the, Reign of yeah. Terror was the finale one. of the first season. Yeah. Was he wearing a cape? Because I think they just went into the TARDIS and then the TARDIS is having its problems and they land and do this. And I've mm-hmm. always thought, even when I was a kid, it's like, when did they sleep? Because <laughs> it, it's like from the moment Ian and Barbara walk in the TARDIS the first time, it's just go, 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 go <laughs> until they leave. Yeah, it's actually only been four days since they've been. It's just adventure after adventure after adventure. So, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. So, 
Any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate this one? Okay. So let's go ahead and rate this one. One out of five tortoises, one being the worst, five being the best. West, you got to go first. I give it a solid four. Okay. Mr. Mike. Yeah, I'm going to, I was going to go with like three and a half, but I think I'm going to round it up to four because it is enjoyable. Um, and uh, it's a, it's a fast story. And, you know, for those people who are like, oh, I'd like to try a Hartnell story, but I'm not really sure which one to start with. Obviously the first one is always the best, but I think this one is not a bad one to introduce to people who just want to get a look at what the first crew was like. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. This would be a good introduction one. Yeah, it's so. a fun little adventure that, uh, you know, it's not like, like like the fate of the universe is not at stake. I mean, and it's just and like it, kind of this really nice, simple story with uh, and it leads cool to a really it leads to a really, really good story after this one mm-hmm. with Dalek Invasion of Earth. So and, you know, you could pick it up right, right now for at the Blu-ray special <laughs> but, you know, from Amazon.com. Amazon on your house. Changing. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I think it's on sale for like 45 bucks, which they're normally yeah. like almost eight. So it's a mm-hmm. good deal. It is a good deal. All right, Mary, you're up. I think I am also going to give it four teeny little tardises. Tardises that fit between the crack and the sidewalk. <laughs> I really enjoyed this one. It was fun. It really, it was very nostalgic. I mean, it really did bring me back to the 50s B movies I watched as a kid on mm. science fiction theater and on Saturday mm. afternoons. And it, it was, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think. It, it would be a good one to introduce people because it, it's more condensed than uh, a lot of the other episodes are. And I think that works in its favor. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it, I think it definitely deserves a four. Cool. Very, very cool. All right. My turn. So I hate it when I have to agree with you guys. <laughs> I really hate it when we're all on the same page. It was, it was fun. It was a great first doctor story. And yeah, I'm going to give it a four also, you know, I almost pulled it down because of, you know, some of the effects, but then I kept on thinking, dude, it's 1964, you know, we're, <laughs> we're still a couple of years away from Star Trek and, you know, to, you know, and, you know, to 2001 and stuff like that, or Irwin Allen's, you know, voyage to the bottom of the sea and stuff like or that. Or Land of the Giants, which yeah. would come like just four That's years true. after this. Exactly. And also thinking about the budget that Doctor Who had compared to those yeah, it's projects. Like a also. Budget, so. Yeah. So yeah, so I think they did really well. So definitely folks, check it out. I think that's be very cool. So that is going to wrap up our episode for tonight. Thank you everybody for joining us. If you have any feedback, we definitely would love to hear from you guys. Feedback at earthstationwho.com. Let's thank our crew for being here. West. It's been awesome having you back on the show, dude. Oh, I've enjoyed it. It was so much fun. Awesome. Glad you did. Anywhere, anything you want to promote or anything? Or are you just hanging out at the beach? I'm just hanging out at the beach. I'm in semi-podcast retirement. Although I wouldn't mind getting out like once a month or something and doing something like this thing. It's uh, it's it's energized my wanting to do this. Of course, now everyone has a podcast and I can't be the only one that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
you know, it's basically, you know, West will be like, you know, I've got out, but then they keep on pulling me back in, you know, so it'd be awesome. Yes. Check out my Godfather podcast coming soon to a podcaster near you. <laughs> exactly. And Mary, anything you want to promote? Yeah, you can find me at MaryOgle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Awesome. And Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, sir. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. <laughs> awesome, kids. We are out of here. Thank you all for listening. Please, if this is your first time listening to us, like and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. And I think we will eventually need to go to video. I think it's just inevitable the time hmm. till you know these faces show up on youtube talking about doctor who you've it's all just, been warned this is your only warning this is your only warning warning will robinson warning. okay all right we're out of here we'll see you soon peace you have been listening to earth station who a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things doctor who featuring talents from across the universe all topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.